Hi everyone. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> nice. Um, gotta switch up the intros a little. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Beyond the Filter podcast with your co-hosts, aka me, Alexis, <laughs> and Paulina. We have a special guest today. <laughs> Today's episode is so exciting. It's our second ever guest yes. on Beyond the Filter. We're making moves. It's not just going to be us two today being yappers. No. And you guys loved when we had Miss Jackie mm-hmm. on here. So yes. we were like, we got to give the people what they want. Yeah. So today's guest is Tara from Beats by Tara. Woo. <laughs> Cue the applause. The applause. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about, you know, the backstory for jewelry brand, influencer talk celebrity talk but also i would say really the importance of like running a business and being a woman operated business and kind of like you know the challenges she may face but also like the successes she's had because she's had it for four years um i think five i think she started in 2019 yes i've actually known beads by tara for about four years Mm -hmm. i first found her brand in the middle of the pandemic and just from that, I ended up becoming like an ambassador for her, I think two different times. Yeah. And I've just known her brand for so long and then ended up becoming like internet friends with her. So this conversation is really exciting because it's the first time I get to actually like sit down and talk to her. I've never heard her voice, never <laughs> seen her. Um, yeah. I know what she looks like, obviously, but you know, mm-hmm. I've never like talked to her before. So this is really exciting for me too. <laughs> it's like you're like meeting a, a new friend. Yeah. For the first my, day of school. My, like, pen pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love internet friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just funny because I've known her for so long. Yeah. Really excited for you guys to hear today's episode um I feel like it wasn't like a Q&A type of episode it was really no. fun it was just mm-hmm. like three business women chatting yes <laughs> chatting about life and all things women in STEM basically yeah. and pop culture is in there too so yes this is a really fun episode so I hope you guys like it hi Tara it's finally nice to meet you in person because we've known each other or I guess through zoom but we've known each yeah. other on Instagram for like four years yeah it's been a few years I feel like there's certain people who just you know like over time you just learn their usernames and stuff but like I feel like it's evolved past you and that so I know finally like be chatting in person I know because I feel like we're friends because I follow your personal account and I've just known you for so long (laughs) I know I know this is Um, the one that's putting me on yeah I know I know you're our first like well Jackie was our first official guest she's my best friend she does um true crime on YouTube but you're like our first guest that's not like family almost (laughs) (laughs) no we're really excited to have you um so if you don't know Beats by Tara is an online jewelry brand she prides herself a lot in creating really good quality and affordable jewelry and Mm -hmm. about being women owned and operated which is so amazing and it's like everything we stand for yes so we love um do you want to give like a little introduction about bees by tara yeah i feel like you got it down for the most part but we are yes a a online based jewelry brand based here in san francisco and we kind of have at this point in time after four years we have touched base on a lot of different types of jewelry that we carry so we have everything from fine jewelry, solid gold and diamonds to demi-fine jewelry, which is still higher quality than plated jewelry. So everything is water resistant. Um, It's safe for sensitive skin, which is our biggest 
kind of selling point. And for the most part, everything is under $100. So we try to keep it affordable because, you know, everything's a trend at some point. And so we want to make sure people are able to buy pieces that they want to wear, whether it's on trend or timeless, but they're not breaking the bank. So we've been a company for a little over four years and about a year and a half ago, we also launched our permanent jewelry vertical of our business. So we offer that here in San Francisco in a studio um, in the Marina area. So we kind of done a little bit of everything, yeah. um, but our online jewelry brand is kind of the bread and butter of what we do. And yeah, we're woman owned and operated and it's just been really fun to meet really cool people, ambassadors, just it's been a really incredible opportunity and I love jewelry. I think it is really for the most part size inclusive to most people. So everyone can oh, wear it worrying yeah. about like, you know, of course, like here and there, there's like different sizes for certain things. Like yeah. rings for the most part, it's pretty size inclusive. And so I've loved that about jewelry. And I personally believe that it's the finishing touched to every outfit yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit about us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, me too, because I'm a stylist. So I work with clothing all the time. And then one thing that I tell my clients constantly is I'm like, you could dress, you know, your outfit itself could be great, but if you don't accessorize the right way, it's just going to mm-hmm. look bland. Like jewelry yeah. is just that, like you said, the finishing touch, and it just adds a lot of personality to your outfit. Right, There's so right, many different right. styles of jewelry. And I feel like it is like an underrated part of fashion. Yeah, yeah it really exactly. Is. I love what you said about it being like size inclusive. Like I, I never really thought of it that way, but it's so true. And I feel like it's also something that, you know, everyone has like, whether they put on a really good pair of shoes that make them feel good or a purse, everyone has their own way of accessorizing. And I think for me, jewelry, I love, cause it just, it feels very feminine, whether you're wearing a statement piece or where you're wearing a dainty stack. I think it's just such a feminine touch. And it's, you know, for the most part, we try to make our pieces pretty timeless. And so you can and the quality as well. So you can hand these off, you know, down the road or wear them for years and not have to worry about the biggest thing that we kind of focus on as well is for the most part as being as sustainable as possible. And that means not creating pieces of jewelry that are going to tarnish after just a few wears, turn your skin green. And that means that you'll just end up tossing it in the trash and it ends up in landfills. So having that be an important driving factor for us also makes it so that the money that you spend on jewelry, it's like you're helping the environment, but also you're spending money on jewelry and it's not going to be just thrown out. So I think it's really hard to find that in this day and age, especially when there's the convenience of Amazon and, you know, brands like Shein and Timu that you can just buy things on for low prices but with jewelry it really will show um pretty quickly if you're not buying the right thing oh yeah before I found your brand I think I found it in the middle of the pandemic in 2020 I was shopping my jewelry from Forever 21 at H&M when you could buy like you know those like those packs packs. yeah the packs yeah and it was just yeah it would literally turn my ears green or my fingers green because I would mainly buy earrings and rings from there and it just didn't last my necklaces would turn black after like a week maybe yeah god forbid I wore it in the shower or slept with it on because then it would (laughs) show off on my skin it was just so embarrassing I know know. it's tough because I feel like jewelry is so finicky like you with you know with clothing and stuff here and there you can still buy cheaper pieces especially if it's something that you're going to wear literally a few times, which obviously is not the ideal situation in in terms of sustainability, but 
naturally there's things that you buy for an event. Whereas I don't feel like people buy jewelry for one event. I feel like mm-hmm. they buy yeah. it. So it's cause it can really match a lot of different outfits and looks. And yeah, like I have really sensitive skin. So I would get like a rash on my neck and like, I like to say that my skin just only likes the finer things. And yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I'm the best skinny pig for our stuff, but yeah, it's like some, I have friends that can wear like forever 21 Zara jewelry and have no problem with it. But mm-hmm. unfortunately for me quickly, it's like, I can see the signs of that. And so it was really important that when I started making my own jewelry, just for myself, not even to sell, mm-hmm. I was using the components and metals that I knew worked for my skin and my allergies and I think people have over the years learned to really trust us with that. And I love that people come back and that's the review they tell us. They're like, I've worn your stuff since 2019. And that's crazy to me because like, it's just, that's the point of it, but it's nice to hear those things. I've had my ears pierced like three or four times just because like when I was little, they kept getting infected. Mm -hmm. And so when I would like shop at Claire's when we were like, what, nine or 10, it would like turn my ears green instantly. And so I've learned to like look for the finer things in life as well. And just because like, (laughs) I mean, I think too, if you're spending more, it's going to last more versus like, I don't know, buying six packs of earrings at like H&M or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think just like having sensitive skin as well. Like I struggle with eczema and like dermatitis and all of that. And so it's really important for me to like find jewelry that's going to like one last a long time and then two not irritate my skin and make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, or is that kind of like the backstory of how Beats by Tara began is because you couldn't find jewelry that was working with your skin type? A little bit of that. Definitely. Like I think I early on found out what metals worked for my skin and Mm -hmm. Gold fill, sterling silver, those were the ones, stainless steel that I found worked for me through just trial and error. And then when I wanted to go buy the jewelry itself, um, I was in college and or I just graduated, but I was doing like a, a program, like a grad program, saving up to go to nursing or PA school. And I wanted to buy some from this brand that I really liked. And their pieces were just so expensive. Like to this day, it's still and I know the cost of things. I know the cost of these metals and how much they generally run for. And they were just at the time, I didn't know that, but now I know. And it's like, they're still charging a lot. And every brand, every brand has like the right to charge or whatever. But I think yeah. for me, I couldn't afford to buy that brand's jewelry. And so I did a lot of research on what materials they were using and where I could find it. And to be honest, I initially bought like overpriced materials just from Etsy, because that's just the first place I saw to go and buy materials from and it was being totally ripped off but I was buying it for myself and so yeah. you know it wasn't like a ton of bulk amount of chains or beads or whatever and so I made a few bead bracelets for myself that was like our first piece hence our name oh, um and so I made yeah. It, yeah like I wasn't even our brand name beads by Tara was so so like I made like five bracelets and I only wanted two myself and so I had three extra ones and I was in this Facebook group for this blogger that I think you were in too. And oh yeah, I'm <laughs> like beaded bracelets are everywhere now. But I think at the time they weren't as common. And so I posted in that group saying that I had these extra bracelets I made if anyone was interested. And I got like 45 messages that first night from girls that were wow. trying to buy those bracelets. Mm-hmm. So I took their money and bought the supplies to make the bracelets. And of course, I was able to buy more than just the amount I needed to make. And so that kind of was the initial investment pipeline into how I started the business. And then there were girls that wanted to tag us and they were like in creators or influencers. 
And they were like, I'd love to tag you and support your brand, which at the time was not a brand. And so I randomly just like, I had to quickly think of a name because I didn't want people necessarily going on my personal Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I just randomly came up with the name Beads by Tara. And it was, again, just supposed to be a placeholder. Didn't think it would go anywhere. So I just <laughs> like picked the most like generic name. It was like Beads is what I'm making by Tara. Yeah. And yeah, from there, I think the the demand was still there. People wanted to see by the website. So I used the same name. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I can either rename the brand or just go with it still because I don't think it's going to turn into anything. And now I'm obviously far yes. past that to change the name, but it's something that I actually feel sometimes even like self-conscious about because it, to me, feels so informal and feels so unprofessional. But I think what I've learned over the years is there's also a level of personal, like just personalness to it that yeah. people appreciate. Like my name is on it. My name is on the brand. Yeah. And when people are talking to me, they're on DMs, they're talking to me and they know who they're talking to and buying from. And so I think it's worked out, but it definitely is something that wasn't meant to just be beads by tar from the beginning. No, I was going to say the same thing that I feel like with the name, it feels like I'm speaking to somebody and just like not some big brand, not that you won't become a big brand yeah. because of the name, but I'm just saying like, I know you market yourself a lot on Instagram. And so yeah. I know that's what a lot of people on Instagram like when they follow, they yeah. don't want to yeah. just follow a brand. They want to, you know, feel connected to the person. And like before, when I first started out shopping with you, I knew I was talking to you. Like I knew it wasn't just some like automated response type thing. So right. I personally really like that about your brand compared to other ones. I won't say any names, but like just mm -hmm. off the top of my head, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't, I don't know. There's just a different feeling when you're shopping with somebody like that's a small business and, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like you're supporting yeah. somebody's dreams. And because right. what you were saying about the whole markup thing, since I work in fashion too, like I see the cost of goods for things versus um, like the MSRP and right. all that. And so when I'm out shopping, I'm like, I know how much this costs you and your, your markup is insane. And it's yeah. just, it feels so wrong. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons why I was so drawn to your brand. I was like, how old was I four years ago? 21. So yeah. it's not like I had the money to be shopping at these massive right. brand names that were mm -hmm. charging what, like a hundred bucks for the same thing you were giving for like 50. Yeah. So like that made way more sense to me. And I, that's yeah. what I love. And even like when I was in college, like even the cost of what I'm selling, I understand it's not like necessarily for everyone's budget because even in college, like you said, I was buying stuff from forever 21. Like mm -hmm. you, I think as you get older, you realize that you spend more money to invest into things that will last you. And I think that's just something yeah. that comes with maturity and knowing the value of money because when you start having to work for money naturally you realize oh I need to save money I need to spend this wiser and so I don't think that necessarily our stuff is the cheapest for everyone but I think for the quality you're getting mm -hmm. like to be yeah. paying $80 or $60 for a necklace or bracelet that is going to last you for a year plus you know I think that is an investment that is so much more justifiable than buying five bracelets for $10 each and them turning your skin green or whatever. And there are brands out there that are big. Like there are, there are celebrity brand jewelry brands or just like there's a lot of them that unfortunately I look at what they're selling because they're selling gold-plated brass, which brass quite literally, like they'll charge $300, $150 for a pair of hoops at the minimum. A lot of them are like $300 for a pair of gold hoops 
that are brass and brass is like the cheapest metal base metal to work with and they're just plated they're not even gold filled or anything or verme and the cost to make those hoops for example and i'm not going to name names because that's not like the point of this but the whole point i think a lot of people don't have the knowledge of what they're buying when it comes to clothing jewelry and that was a big thing that I wanted to show people was, of course, I'm not going to like sell you exactly what the cost is. Cause that's like every business you make yeah. money, like charging a little higher, but I'm also not charging 6,000% markup um, because that's just not fair to me. And I think certain brands can get away with that because they're associated with celebrities or mm-hmm. they just have a yeah. following. So whether we grow bigger or we're at the same size as we are, that's always going to be important to me to maintain, like just it's just make it fair. You know, that just doesn't make sense for you to pay a dollar to have your hoops made to charge $350. And like, we have so many of the same vendors as these companies and they will just be like, yeah, that's how much it costs to make. And it's like you said, it's mind blowing when you're in the industry, but I think educating people on, at least if you don't want to shop from us, that's totally fine, but know your metals and know what you Mm -hmm. should be looking for. And that way, whether you choose to shop from us or from another brand, I don't get offended. It's that you are educated and like not getting cheated out of your money. Yeah, no. And that's something that I really love that you've always, you've always been very honest about that on your website and your Instagram stories too. Like you're always posting, um, first of all, on your website, you have a listing of the different types of metals that you use and like that you have the different care instructions listed out. Right. So that shows how honest you are and then also like on your stories in the past I know you've posted like you've obviously blocked out the brand but you'll be like look I can see in the back end what the cost is for this and look at what this brand is charging we sell something that's almost identical or maybe it is identical and look at what we're doing it's just like it does feel a lot of customers are going to end up feeling cheated right right and I think the quality shows eventually. And it's not like I'm sitting here trying to prove to everyone that this brand sucks or this brand. It's just that I think like I had a, like a girl, I have people all the time message me, but there was a girl two days ago, she messaged me and she was like, Hey, do you make um, sterling silver rings? Because I keep buying them and they're like tarnishing and they're just bad quality. And we haven't gotten there yet with like sterling silver rings, but that's a, like down in the pipeline for us this year. But I think when people come back to us and they're like, we trust your quality, we trust your brand, that weight is a lot of pressure on me to make sure that, yes, I could sell out and make a bunch of designs that are super trendy or whatever. But if the quality is not there and someone buys something and they that's the level of trust they have in us and then we let them down, they're just going to go turn around and go buy something from another brand. And I think for us, I'd rather maintain the integrity of our brand of being like quality and of course we're so transparent with like things happen like if you receive something that uh, we test everything and we work with reputable vendors at this point in time of four years of business but sometimes here and there there's like flukes and things happen and I always say like we have our warranty because if anything happens that shouldn't happen I stand behind it and I think that's really important as a business think about Nordstrom like you everyone feels so comfortable shopping there because you know there's something wrong they have a really flexible return policy their customer service is so like top notch and Mm -hmm. I think that's the precedent that I try to set with my brand is being very personable 
and being very in tune with our customers and what they want, but also just providing customer service that kind of backs up the the claims you make about your business. Yeah, it's there. I can yeah. see it because I've been a customer. So it's you're doing a really good job at doing that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I know you mentioned earlier a little bit about your permanent jewelry and kind of how you do that based in San Francisco. What mm-hmm. have you noticed? I guess like differences and similarities working with permanent jewelry versus just kind of like your standard like everyday jewelry pieces because I feel like recently like permanent jewelry kind of got trendy yeah like I have Mm -hmm. one myself and oh yeah they're good quality like if you find the right place yeah I think it's very I've heard about it for a few years and it wasn't something that I even really considered bringing to San Francisco because I didn't know if the demand would be there like San Francisco to be honest is not a very fashion forward city and that doesn't take a genius to tell you that (laughs) so it's something where people don't necessarily go out of their way to be having the most the newest trend or to be doing things that people in cities like New York or LA or whatever do or Miami and so I wasn't sure if it was even something that I wanted to do And we ended up getting a few people that live in the city that were like, oh, do you know of somewhere we could go to do permanent jewelry? And that kind of led me to think, oh, that'd be amazing to offer that. So we actually had it in 2021, sorry, 2022 at a pop-up over the summer. And it was so popular. We had like a three-hour wait to do it. And I got the ball rolling. Yeah, it was like lying out the door the whole day. And that led us to just be like, okay, the demand is there. We'll bring it. Because my whole thing is I want to do what makes sense and what customers want to see, not just what I think is going to drive revenue. And so obviously when the two collide and merge, that's a great outcome. But I, yeah, I brought it and we have a little studio and it's been really fun. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of running the, the my business is the permanent jewelry has been such a rewarding thing because we don't really, like, I don't personally have co like I have employees, but I don't have a team of coworkers. Yeah. And so a lot of my day to day is interacting with employees, but it's just so different. Like I don't get to have that real personal experience with customers unless I'm talking through email or DMs or whatever. So to be able to meet our community in San Francisco, meet people that live, whether it's down the street from me or, you know, 20, 30 minutes across the bridge, it's so cool. And it's been so rewarding to actually put a face to a name of a lot of people that we've talked to over the years on Instagram. And I even don't think we have the biggest population of customers that live in SF compared to like if we were in LA or San Diego. But with that said, there's also a lot of challenges because it's so client facing that you're always on. Like we have, you know, I have welders that do the appointments and sometimes I'll sub in, but we have appointments Saturdays, Sundays during the week. And so I'm kind of always on because if there's an issue with the customer, there's a question that one of the welders had, or there's just something that needs to be addressed. And I'm the one that has the answer. I have to be on and answering. And so, for example, I was on vacation last week and my, I was, you know, out of office. I sent an email response of like, we'll be back this date, but there's still clients that come in for permanent jewelry. And if one of our welders has a question about something or just wants to run something by me, or there's someone that's coming in late or whatever, I have to deal with that. And so it's yeah. been challenging because there's so before with when we were just online, things could just be handled on the next business day. Like there's nothing pressing. Whereas with appointments of any sort, it's been very much like you have to answer this right now because the customer is here for 20 minutes for their appointment. So it's get gotten me up to really think about the concept of having a brick and mortar store. And if I would want to do that, because San Francisco is obviously not, yeah. there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of crime. Yeah. 
But yeah. it definitely is somewhere that you have to be a little more cognizant about crime, but then like high rent prices. Yeah. And that's just like the bare minimum of the actual area. But then on top of that, employees and making sure, okay, if two people call out sick or one person, how you're going to be able to stand in and have the resources to be able to make sure you can function properly. So I think honestly, having the permanent jewelry situation has really taught me that I don't think I want a brick and mortar anytime in the future. Um, It just feels like a lot of responsibility and overhead Mm -hmm. to be controlling. And I think that that would take a lot of my energy away from our online presence, which I think ultimately is what I love because the online presence allows us to connect with people from all walks of life and cities and states. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. There's definitely pros and cons to each. So since you've had, you know, the retail space and you've done online, would you ever want to work with, um, like having your jewelry in stores for another brand, like somewhere like Nordstrom or, you know, have you ever thought about that? Yeah, that's really actually one of our biggest goals for this year. And it's oh, really, <laughs> yeah, it's one of our biggest goals. So like knock on wood, but yeah. it's really tough because we have a wholesale accounts where there's like boutiques or salons that carry our line, but it's been really challenging getting into major retailers And, you know, I've done the research on brands that are carried by Nordstrom, et cetera. And a lot of times, a lot of the brands that they carry are so similar to ours in the sense of they use gold fail metals. Like it's not like they only sell costume jewelry, but I think, I don't know, it's been really hard actually, because there's so much demand and competition that I think what a lot of times it comes down to is the numbers of like, if you're able to give this store the best margin to sell your piece at a higher cost, then you're going to be the brand they favor. So for example, like for us, if we sell a bracelet that's $60 and they get it for $30 for their price, they can only sell it for $30. Whereas if another brand sells the same bracelet for $90, $100, same quality, same thing, but they just charge more, Nordstrom or whatever brand will make $50 off of it. So I think there is a lot of that stuff that I've learned that the politics of it, I guess, yeah. um, ultimately everyone wants to be making the most for their brand and their company. So that's been kind of the biggest hurdle I think for us, but I definitely have been making it a point to just do my research and contact buyers. It's just a tough, like I don't have a PR team. We don't have a marketing team. Like everything that we do is in-house it's ourselves. So yeah. a lot of times I'll see jewelry brands that are getting put on celebrities and all that and I think if you didn't know a lot of the like I said politics behind it you know that like you would think it's crazy that like Rihanna's wearing these earrings but then when you learn it's like you pay a PR team yeah yeah in most situations I don't want to say that some people don't organically get their product sent or have connections but for the most part you pay a PR team they send that's the way it goes and I think for me as our brand I don't feel like celebrities are relatable in a lot of in a lot of senses so I don't think having a celebrity wearing our brand is going to like I want real people wearing our brand and that's why we have our ambassador program because I think real people sell in a way that's so impactful because I've had girls say like hey I got your like contact information from my barista and she was wearing your bracelet like I love I love that and I think that's going back to the whole wholesale thing like all of that to me, like I want to be as authentic and organic in our growth. And I believe that it's easy to like sell out or it's easy to pay someone to do things for you. But I'm trying to find a way in which we do it organically. And sometimes that just means slower growth. 
Yeah, no. And I like, cause I found you through another influencer during the pandemic. And it's an influencer that I really like because she's relatable and she just posts like regular day-to-day things. And so that's why I was like, okay, you know, if she likes this brand and I like a lot of the things that she likes and she posts a lot of good quality and affordable Mm -hmm. things, like her price range was about the same as mine. And then I found you through her. And then now all of my friends shop with you because I was like, you have to, (laughs) because it was just really good quality. And yeah, yeah, I feel like word of mouth is just like a really good way to get people to trust the brand. If somebody you're friends with or somebody you just trust is loves this brand, then they're going to be like, okay, sure. Why not? But then, yeah, if you put it on just, if you just pay to put it on a celebrity, they're going to be like, like, what was the story behind that? Like, is this right? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it really does work with certain brands. Like some brands are really big on fashion statement jewelry. And I think when you see a celebrity wearing it with a really cool look, I think it looks so sick. And I don't sit here and doubt the effectiveness of having a PR team, having resources to be able to help you with that. Mm-hmm. I think for our brand, realistically, it's just funny to think of like Rihanna wearing like a dainty necklace. Stack. Yeah, That's just yeah. Weird, you know? <laughs> so I think for me, it's really worked out with the way our brand is and our style, but I agree. I think the best kind of referrals and references are ones that people who know each other. I think I've always believed regular people are the best influencers because Mm -hmm. you go to your friends and like you'll text in the group chat and you'll say, okay, what's the best place to get your nails done in the city or whatever. And it's just so you you trust those people. And I think that for the first like two and a half, three years of our business, we didn't pay for a single ad ever. Like we didn't pay a single influencer. Yeah. Like any influencer I've ever Every influencer I've ever sent anything to, I've never paid. I like, unless we've done like a collaboration with them where that's like, a you know, joint you know situation, but never played an influencer. And I'm not saying this as in like, I'm boasting about it, but I think it just wasn't within our means and budget, to be honest, in the beginning stages, it really was just us relying on influencers and creators who were yeah. willing to share our product if they liked it people referring us to their friends and family. And it's just was so much grassroots marketing that helps us grow. And of course, like now you get to a point where you have X amount of followers and brands and creators realize that that naturally like it's a business. And so it gets to a point where you have to run ads, you have to like fairly compensate creators for talking about your product. But yeah, it's like the first three years, it was super organic and I'm very proud of that. And I know that's not how it always will be yeah. with the lifetime of my business, but I think I took advantage of the opportunity to like organically market. Yeah. I think too, I was going to ask you like what made you work with Rachel? Cause I know she's considered like an influencer. She was on the bachelor and she's dating Matt, but I, there's something about her that seems normal, especially with their relationship. Like they're just just, like everyday normal people. So I was just interested to see like how that collaboration came to be because I love her like I just love her content in general I think she's yeah no she's like genuinely when I say I totally feel you I was expecting like she seems so down to earth but I was expecting a level of like she's an influencer so she know like she is the nicest sweetest human ever like so down to earth not demanding in any way like I'm just like every time I talked to her I was like so mesmerized because she's just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside and yeah was such a joy to work with like the most low maintenance creator ever and so that was such an incredible opportunity and I had gotten in touch with a few of the bachelor girls because one of my friends worked on the show and so of course like it was a really incredible opportunity just to like share our jewelry with them and yeah 
like Abigail and like they were all so nice with just promoting this stuff so it really started off organic it wasn't like a I'm seeking out an influencer to do a create like a collaboration with it just felt like very organic in the way that I set them jewelry I was like no pressure if you like it I would love if you shared it no pressure if not just enjoy it and I think through that, I grew a relationship and established a relationship with the girls, um, a few of them. And it, I just randomly, when they pitched the idea to Rachel, I was like, would you be interested? I know that you're so influential because you're so real and you yes. post small brands all the time. And her and Matt, they just love to try food. And like, they're yeah. just so real. Like, I feel like they obviously have the side of them that has so much exposure to the world, but they really are just normal people. And yeah, and she was super down and that's kind of how that got started. And it was a really, it was, I'd done one collaboration before with another creator, but this was like my biggest first time yeah, doing a yeah. large scale situation. And it taught me a lot about, you know, communicating because previously I'm the one designing all the pieces. I'm the one that's like making the final decision on what we release and what we don't. So working with someone that required a lot of collaborative effort and communication was a big learning lesson, but she thankfully made it so easy to work with her that it was just such a blessing. And yeah, it was a very cool opportunity, but kind of goes back to the whole idea of it just, you know, if you have connections that are able to organically form into opportunities, and I think that's the most ideal situation. Yeah, totally. So yeah. I think like, even when I'm on TikTok and Instagram, I'm more willing to buy from someone I relate to mm-hmm. versus like a mega, like a list influencer where I feel like I can't relate to them because they're living like a different lifestyle than right. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Rachel's persona is just like She's, everything you yeah. were talking about mm-hmm. that you wanted for people to think about your brand. Like that's how people think of her. Mm-hmm. So that collab just like made perfect yeah. sense. Instead of like just getting somebody big for the sake of their big, because there's this one influencer out there, I won't say any names, but there's this one influencer out there where she's like huge and mm-hmm. people will send her like small businesses will send her product. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll post about it. And she just never does. And yeah. it's just really messed up because people, I mean, they're giving away free product that yeah. they could be making money off of and they're just sending it to you. And then you're like getting their hopes up and for nothing, like you're, or I've seen it on the other end too, where you can send them product and then they like bad mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it's yeah. risky to do things like that. So I'm glad like everything yeah. with Rachel was just like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. She was incredible. And I think it's hard because I don't know that end of the other side, right? I don't know what it's like being a creator and having all this stuff sent to you. So I can only imagine you're getting just things thrown at you and yeah. Naturally, you want to say yes because you want to try out this XYZ product and you're excited. But I I know, like, I think as being on the other side where we've sent creator stuff where we've hoped they would share it, some have shared like one time, some would share like over and over. It's mm-hmm. really, there's just never any way to tell. Yeah. As a brand, I kind of just, when you're sending someone something for free, you really can't expect them to post. Yeah. The whole point is like you're gifting it to them. And so mm-hmm. I really learned to set the expectation low with what I think they're going to post to share about our brand and that's kind of just a financial like hit you have to take is yeah, that's yeah you have to do as many shots out there and sometimes there have been so many people that I never thought would share as much as they have mm-hmm. and it's been such a blessing and I'm so grateful but I understand that it's a business I understand people have to make money and so I find our brand has worked over the years less with creators in that sense of like let me just throw a product at you because yeah. I don't want to have any expectation that was like unforeseen because I thought that they would share something. And I'd rather really build relationships with creators 
before just being like, let me send you a DM. I've never followed you. I just followed mm-hmm. you now. Yeah. Let's send you jewelry. Like I'd rather follow you if I like your content. Like there's girls that I love their content. And even if they don't share my post, I just wanted to gift them our jewelry because I love yeah. what they post. And that's how I kind of go about things these days. But yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like as a creator yourself, it's hard because it's a job. So yeah. You have find a way for it to make sense financially. And if you're just constantly posting free things, you are obviously getting the item for free, but you're not getting, your time is being not like efficiently used necessarily for content that could be paid or whatever. So there's a fine line, I think of being like a sellout. And I think there's a fine line of being, you know, strategic about what you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah. You just want everything to be very genuine. Like that, that's, I think the vibe that you're whole branding is giving off is that it's personable genuine and yeah you just don't want to give off like that big corporation vibe to the customers like it's like they're friends with you yeah (laughs) exactly yeah and I'm so like to maybe to some people I'm even more like unorthodox in the way I interact with customers because I will answer emails at like 2 a.m I'm just on dms like I chat with people and I know that some brands it's very formal and official obviously to be professional it's not like right yeah but or there's a team of customer service people that are doing the job so it's they're not going to be like chatting away with you but I find that the brands that I've bought from where I felt like I was talking to whether it's the owner or whether it's someone on the team but just chatting with them it's been the most genuine situations and like it makes me want to support them more do you have any like dream creators I was going to ask celebrities originally when I was planning this out, but you're totally right. Like seeing Rihanna with dainty jewelry is just not going to make sense. (laughs) But like, I guess creators or influencers, whatever you want to label them as, do you have any other dream collabs? Because working with somebody like Rachel is just so crazy and it's so cool. Somebody as big as her and so well-known. Do you have anybody else or maybe somebody at like a different type of level? Yeah, I think that's always kind of what I'm thinking of when I'm following creators is are they someone who is someone that I first of all like to follow, but are they engaging? Do they have good reach engagement? And there's not like a notable one right now that I am like, like, for example, I love Delaney child. I think she's incredible. Yeah, um, love yeah. her. She's just so <laughs> relatable. So authentic to some extent as a brand owner, and as a business owner, you have to kind of gauge what the creators who they've worked with in the past, kind of where they're at with their business model And I know it sounds weird because like Rachel had a lot of followers, but she hadn't really worked with a lot of brands. And so it was a little bit easier to access someone who hadn't worked with a million jewelry brands or big name brands. And so certain people I'm like, I would love to have them, but realistically, if they've already done a collaboration with a brand or they're only, they only wear fine jewelry, like you kind of have to study and research who you'd even be interested in having a collab with because There's so many things like that that go into play. So there's no one that I have on top of my mind. We have one planned for April, which is exciting. And I can't like go into who it is yet, but she's like a lifestyle creator and not necessarily a fashion one, but more in the mental health, kind of just very like well-rounded and she's amazing. And I think for us, the biggest thing is not necessarily sticking with a fashion creator only, Mm -hmm. having different kinds of relationships that we create and foster with our brand so everyone from having mom influencers because you know moms wear jewelry and they want to have jewelry that they can just feel super comfortable in and personalize everyone from mommy creators to Mm -hmm. um athletes who can wear jewelry when they're working out and not have to take it off 
So I'm always thinking of those things. And I think the biggest thing is I just don't, there are certain brands that will work a lot with creators and that's kind of how they grow their following. And I want to tread carefully with being a brand that is exclusively just doing collabs versus Mm -hmm. being authentic to our own brand and doing what we want to create. Because I think there, you lose a little bit of independence and a little bit of creative freedom when you're working with someone because it's a little bit of both of your ideas yeah a lot of really what they want because you want to create a collection that they're going to wear so yeah I think right now in the pipeline we have one project that'll hopefully be a great turnout but I'm always kind of I let things come to me naturally in terms of opportunities and people that feel like a good fit and I think it's worked out really well for us in the past when we've done that. And you have your ambassador program that just yeah. launched, which is really cool. Yeah. So that's going to, that's going to do the job too. Yeah. And that's really, to me, that was like a big goal for this year was we had launched our fall ambassador program last year after like two years. And you were one of the original ambassadors. And like, it was so hard for me to give up that role because I, I was know so, yeah, I feel like that group of girls was just so incredible. And everyone was like so friendly to each other. And I had that group for like over a year, but you know, naturally with just the logistics of a brand and you want to grow your brand, there's only so much reach every person's going to have after because they're going to have a lot of the same followers. So as sad as it was to be like, I have to end this cohort, you know, it's the whole point of it is to introduce more people and provide opportunities to do, to be an ambassador. So I, you know, had to really scale back on how long I was able to offer the opportunity. So we did our fall one last year. It was like our fall winter. And now we're doing our spring program. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I think it's it's nerve wracking because I have this precedent of like the standard of what, like, which is your cohort basically of like the girls that I want to rep the brand. And it's definitely tough to like match yeah. that. I've been really lucky with girls that are so passionate about jewelry and have really shown up to to support and help grow so the difference between like the past ambassador program versus this one and going forward instead of having it be like a year long you're gonna have it by season kind of yeah I think that was that felt like the best way to go about it because it kind of gave the ambassador an expectation of what and how long they'd be creating content for us and sharing the content because I know that there's people that do like really long program like ambassador programs and they'll stay as an ambassador for a long time but there's only so much you might want to share about jewelry for a few months so I think with that I want to kind of make it flexible so that people can stay longer if they want and if they're really like let's say their codes are really doing well and they're really boosting sales and whatever like I want them to have the platform to be able to continue being an ambassador and getting the perks yeah Yeah. but also making it so that let's just say after three months someone is like I don't feel like this is the right fit for me they know that they're only in it for three months and there's no contractual obligation that they have to be creating you know just hard feelings because it's hard like you can there's been so many times where I've set the kind of guidelines and general requirements for the program and people are like yes I'm going to do that yes 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 and then so many times unfortunately and understandably, those requirements aren't met. Um, mm-hmm. I know things happen in people's lives, or maybe they just weren't expecting the cadence of content or engagement that like was required. But I think just to be fair, it's easier to like make it a, a, a season of, like you said, of being a master. No, yeah, and I think that's a really good point because I mean, you and I are just regular girly consumers. Yes. Like we watch YouTubers, we mm-hmm. follow people yeah. on Instagram and TikTok. 
And I feel like we both agree on this and we've talked about it before, where if it's an influencer is posting like the same brand, not necessarily like clothing or just any, any brand, honestly, that's constantly sponsoring them. At least on YouTube, I just skip because I'm like, yeah, I've already heard yeah. this like, before mm-hmm. or it's just, oh, it's just they're working with HelloFresh again or yes, something like right. that. Like, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of repetitive. And then like you were saying, as much as they may love the brand and all that, there's only so much like you can, you're just going to keep repeating yourself. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that shows from a consumer standpoint too. So mm-hmm. I love like the approach that you're taking because I don't think that's very common for brands to do. Cause I work in, um, in like fashion marketing. And so I see like the behind the scenes mm-hmm. and they just, they, a lot of people don't think the way that you do. So I feel like you're ahead of the game. I mean, I think like, there, I think there's, there's like, that's a perspective of it. And I think there's also the perspective of I'm not an expert. So I don't know what I'm doing really in terms of marketing and clearly yeah. brand to have a program that works for them. And it, it works for a reason. And I think a lot of brands I've learned do like commission-based. And so naturally mm-hmm. like people will share things if they're going to get a commission of this jewelry yeah. brand, like 10%. And I think that's not something that I'm opposed to down the road, but I do want it to feel very organic. And we're still a small business, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like our margins are huge for us to be giving this giant chunk of money to creators and then discounts that customers get for their first order and all that. But I think that would be the goal is if you have a creator that you really like, um, that's making content for you, eventually the goal is to be able to compensate them because it's an organic relationship that works out that'll hopefully work out for both of you guys. So I definitely like always learn from other brands too and mm-hmm. see what works for them and then what's feasible for us. And I feel like, but with the new generations that are coming up, like they see things the way that you're seeing things. Like, yeah. obviously, yes, the end of the day is, you know, people want to make more money. Totally, I get that. But what a lot of like, I know Gen Z, for example, what they're seeing is like the genuine, I guess, authentic, yeah, the authenticity Mm -hmm. behind a brand. And that's what they care about a lot. So a lot of the younger generation right now, like they are kind of boycotting like these bigger brands Mm -hmm. because they want what you're giving. They want to, yeah, they just want to feel like they're not only being sold to and that they're yeah. not just a consumer yeah. that, you know, that they're like a part of it somehow. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like TikTok shop has been such an interesting, I mean, I've bought from it, so I'm not sitting here yeah. totally, but it's been interesting because now my, to your point, like the new creators, the TikTok generation, as I like to say, they, I love TikTok, so I'm not hating yeah. on it, but it's like essentially like a shopping app now because yeah, it is TikTok shop you're only seeing people that are reviewing things that they are going to get a commission off of. And I, I assume they're probably good things and you can read reviews and kind of filter yeah. what seems legitimate, but it just feels like it's, we're in such a capitalist society that I know that that's what I have to do as my job to sell something yeah. mm-hmm. convince people that, you know, that they should have this, but I want to do it in the most organic way where it's like, yeah. Hey, like I have a job to sell jewelry and you're my ideal customer, but even, I do this with my friends too. Like when my friends like come to our office and they want to look at our jewelry, they're like adding a bunch of things. Like they're just picking up a bunch of things. And I'm like, wait, are you going to wear this all? Like genuinely don't buy all this stuff if you're not going to wear it or come back. You know that you can come back and buy this. I'll be here, but don't just kind of go like in a frenzy of 
having to buy everything because we're such a instant gratification mm-hmm. yeah. Culture yeah. right now. So for me, I'd rather build that trust with someone where they feel like, okay, this girl's not like shoving her brand on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm the worst salesperson actually in terms of <laughs> like I hate, I hate telling people to buy my jewelry in person. I don't even bring it up with someone. It's more like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, Tara has a brand, like you can buy jewelry from her because I just feel like people, they can see through it, you know, when you're selling something, yeah. something on versus like, I genuinely like this and I'll buy it. And I let the jewelry talk for itself. I feel very confident mm-hmm. yeah. brand that once you learn about it. And if you buy one or two pieces, like you'll kind of see what we're all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With my styling clients too, I basically like started branding more towards like capsule wardrobe, just mm-hmm. because of what you were saying, like people just want to buy things just and, buy. and they want to yeah. have more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And that's what ends up with people like hiring a stylist is because they're like, I have so many statement pieces in my closet and I don't know what the heck to wear. Like every day dressing is such a struggle, like putting outfits together. So when I started preaching about capsule wardrobes and all that along came, you know, speaking about jewelry and I mainly only talk about your brand because I'm like, it's because a lot of people that come to me, they don't have like a huge um, budget. So like they'll shop at places like H&M and Zara. And that's really great to buy basics, but people don't have that off the top of their minds for jewelry. That's in that same Mm -hmm. kind of price range. That's actually good quality. And it's going to last a long time because these big brands, I feel like it's just kind of too, just that's in public knowledge is having a big brand that sells really expensive jewelry or places like H&M and Zara Forever 21 that has cheap jewelry that isn't going to last and it's going to turn your skin a different color. Yeah. So, and then when I tell them about your brand and like that I've been wearing it, I do feel like I'm a sales girl for you, but it's because it's true. It's like, I believe in it and it's just, it's really good quality stuff. And that's what people I think forget Yeah, a lot of times because of this society that we live in and people just want to shop, shop, shop. I think people just impulse buy a lot and yeah. especially because like I mean you work with jewelry and then you work obviously in fashion and so I have an entertainment background and like when I was at my old job and like we used to have like e-insider shop mm-hmm. it's just like promoting people cider? to buy insider oh it's like not a cider, cider but apparel store it was like there no. was a collab oh my gosh I wish <laughs> but it's just like so much promotion of like Selena Gomez wear this here's the yeah. stoop and I think like right. now a lot on TikTok it's like I was just watching this video of this girl explaining how like don't let all these creators like put you in debt mm-hmm. like invest in real pieces that you're gonna use and because we're just like oh I want this like yeah. this came out because so-and-so was wearing it and I think it's important no matter what it's like jewelry and makeup like yeah fashion, yeah to find like what works for you and what's gonna last yeah like all these like little aesthetics like it's like the yeah blueberry milk tea nails oh my gosh. Like, yeah. aesthetic. it's like or the grandfather yeah. aesthetic it's like realistically if this is your style great but like yeah. how many times are you gonna wear a fur coat until like the next aesthetic is in style yeah. then you just spent all this money so that kind of is like what fast fashion essentially leads itself to be is just yeah trends and I won't lie and say that I haven't like I love a trendy thing every now and then but I think it's I've had to take a step back as, as I'm getting older too and realizing like, okay, I love this like silver heel trend, like silver heel, 
but is that something that I need to buy like $300 silver heels? Or is that something that I can find that are like within my budget and I I can still wear them? They're not like super, super cheap. And I think the jewelry is different even than like shoes or clothes where like shoes and clothes take still a while to like break down even when they're cheap. Like I have things from Zara that I still wear after years and I Mm -hmm. like love to support like, you know, smaller brands, but that I bought in some basics at Zara and I love them. Jewelry is kind of tricky because like metal is really based off like it's touching your skin and it's dealing with your skin like composition. So it really does show its colors so quickly. And I think that's one that like even when people are on Amazon shopping for jewelry, I always say like even then you're getting a cheap like we've had Amazon reach out to us a few times being like we think your brand would do great on Amazon. And I like have said no every single time because to us the whole point of our brand is to educate people on the quality of the jewelry they're buying, why it's important to buy this. And you can't get that point across with an Amazon listing. And I just don't want to be, I mean, I can make the money from it, but I don't want to be just another listing on Amazon. I want to be an experience that you shop. Like you don't, Amazon's not an experience. You just buy what you need. It's convenient. I love when people are on our website, making that experience nice, even just receiving nice packaging, like just none of that you get the way you get with Amazon and that's okay because some things you don't need that experience for like when yeah, you're buying yeah. a toilet bowl cleaner or something like that yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> a luxury and yeah package yeah. experience so I thought I think going back to what you guys said like your consumers you love to shop I love to shop so I try to think as a brand owner how can I what would I want in my experience from shopping and I think packaging good customer service good quality those are like the top three things that come to mind and I always tell people I'm like as a brand, I wish everyone just knew about us because the moment that I think they shop from us, from then on, you're going to have a great experience. Like the whole point, the whole issue we have is just getting people to know about us because from the moment they make a purchase, they're going to have great customer experience. They're going to have great quality, great packaging, fast and free shipping. So I'm not concerned about any of that. The concern is like, how do people find us? And that's kind of the growing challenge of being a brand among millions of brands. Yeah. Speaking of trends, how we were talking about earlier, I'm I just thought of this now. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but why do I feel like there's no jewelry trends? Like jewelry just feels very timeless. I I honestly really feel that way as well. Like here and there, they'll be like, oh, silver is trending, but there's no specific styles that yeah. are trending. Um, I think, and and here and there, you see like, for example, the the teardrop the teardrop no. earrings and yeah. those were like the cult guy ones like you'll see trendy pieces for sure and I think they're yeah. always trendy because they're stunning and you know again same thing I could make those same exact earrings because you can just make a mold but I'm not going to sit here and copy a brand like it's just to me it's all about being a little more unique mm-hmm. um but I think yeah I think you're right for jewelry there's not it's very timeless I think even when you buy wear a statement piece, it's a very, it goes with so many different things. Like I oftentimes don't change my stock for every outfit I wear, but I could be wearing like one pair of jeans and this pair of shoes just does not go with it. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great because in that way you don't have to spend a ton of money on jewelry. You can buy the few pieces that you feel like fit in your kind of wardrobe, but you can wear those interchangeably with so many different looks in a way that with a lot of different components of fashion, I don't think it's quite as interchangeable. Why did Charming Charlie's come into my mind? Oh my God, I <laughs> forgot about that story. Did you ever shop there or hear about it? No, what is that? 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like it's so hard. <laughs> no, because no. it sounds it like sounds really familiar, but I don't think like where I grew up we had something like that. It was, was it only a San Diego thing? I think it might have been. Oh, I had no idea. I thought yeah. it was like a nationwide thing. Well, <laughs> Charming Charlie's was this store. Um, it was like in person and and they just had so it was a big store filled with jewelry but the store was color coordinated so oh there was gosh, like a yeah. whole um setup just for purple jewelry and then you walk a step and then it's like all blue jewelry yeah and it's just like everything's color coordinated and it was back in like what 2012 maybe earlier yeah where those big Big. chunky statement necklace yeah no I know exactly the ones you're talking about and right now when you were talking about um certain like earrings or necklaces just don't go with like you know whatever top you're wearing or anything I just thought about that because I was like wait there is jewelry that was trendy yeah no it's it's, you're right actually back in the day there was because they were like just bold like it was like bolder pieces I feel like it was yeah yeah. I know exactly the necklaces you're talking like the big link ones they're just like yes yeah like it was almost like enamel jewelry Mm -hmm. like it was not metal even I'm pretty sure um or like the flowers, like it was very little, like flower. The flower. <laughs> I, I was thinking yeah. of the flower one. Like flower, it was like a collar. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it's so because it's like also back then too. I don't know what it was because like adults were wearing it, like girls were wearing yeah. it. it was like an age specific thing, but I feel like we've definitely like thankfully straight away from. Yes. I mean, those obviously were not good quality. It was like a statement accessory, but I think we've strayed away from that, which is great because yeah. I think everyone's a little bit more. It's funny because fashion trends are definitely like people are revisiting old ones, right? Like we're going yeah, back to like yeah. the nineties or whatever and really bringing, especially the early 2000s, we're bringing those things back. But then with jewelry, we're getting like more and more minimal. Like yes. Yes. jewelry brands are carrying like more minimal things. Yet our fashion is like, there's no rules on that. There's like absolutely, especially with like the new like mob wife, like there is no, oh gosh, oh my God. Yeah. there's oh my no God. precedent. It's oh like whatever goes. That's so yeah. yeah. I know those TikToks about how the clean girl aesthetic is out. And then now the mob wife aesthetic is in. I was like, let's just stop the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like... Like, I literally can't keep up because no, it's also in a way it's really bothers me because it kind of especially the clean girl aesthetic like I love the general idea behind it like it's just Mm -hmm. it's supposed to feel good it's supposed to feel like you have your your life together but there's also this pressure of if you don't have a Stanley cup if you're not wearing your like Lululemon leggings and having your aloe yoga set all those things and going to yoga or Pilates and coming and drinking your lemon water all that stuff yeah like it it's not meant to make anyone feel bad but I think naturally certain people who don't have the resources or the time are like I just think about like a mother who has like kids that she has to get up and do all these things for like she doesn't have the time to Mm -hmm. to do all those things and so I think in a way it's been like really good that that kind of trend is like fading but I just hope it's not replaced by something that like someone has to get a fur coat to feel (laughs) like they're trending even with um this is just personal experience. Cause I'm like, I'm a small creator, um, that posts fashion things. And it's, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of times where I get insecure because, you know, I work a nine to five job. I don't live off of being a creator and like, that's my goal at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not there yet. I live in San Diego. I can't, but my point is, is that there's so many trends going on constantly. It's like, I can't afford to buy all of these trendy pieces yeah yeah and those are the ones where it's like the girl certain um, bloggers I follow on Instagram 
they're all going to be wearing, I can't think of anything right now, but just what's like, like a trendy thing. Okay. Like those little, um, half sweater things where they oh, just the go shrubs. over your shoulders. The bolo sweater. Yes. Yes. Those. I think they're really cute, but I, it's just like Zara was selling them for like $45. And I, and to me that felt like it was too much money to spend for something that's doesn't really have a purpose right and like I'm not trying to drag anybody who does have the money to buy right, these things because right. it's cute yeah but my point is is that because like I thought that that was too much money for me to purchase something like that because it didn't have that much of a, a purpose and yeah. I'm at that point in my life with my budget that I'm buying things if it has a purpose and it's going to last so but because like that's where I was at at that time like I felt like I couldn't keep up and if I couldn't have these trendy things like why am I even bothering why would somebody want to follow me if I don't have all Mm -hmm. these trendy things but that's the issue is like that's just it's not that doesn't have to be true yeah and I think that's that's how I kind of started rebranding into capsule wardrobes and like minimalistic styles because it works for people like me right and I know I'm not the only one like you and I we're we're both working nine to five Mm -hmm. jobs and as much as we want to be like trendy and things it's yeah it's just realistic it just doesn't work for us and it makes and it makes a lot of sense too because like I didn't even think about it on the creator side where for me as a normal person like no one's batting an eye if I'm not the clean girl aesthetic or whatever Mm -hmm. aesthetic but as a creator people want to follow things that they feel like are maybe quote-unquote like trendy or that are fitting yeah. like they're seeing it out and about and they're like how do I style these things so I agree that it probably is like a lot of pressure to mold into something that feels like what people want to see but I think I will say I think people are kind of straying away from creators that yes. are just like yes like now it's like I don't follow people who don't who just are all posting the same kind of aesthetic because mm-hmm. you get one of them and like that's enough like you don't need to follow yeah. the different ones yeah I've been noticing on TikTok too um I'm Mexican, so I'm on like the Hispanic side of TikTok a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of um, Hispanic creators. They will post. I don't know if you've seen this on TikTok, but like in a traditional um, Mexican household, like you have dark wood for the kitchen cabinets. Um, Your furniture Mm -hmm. is like brown like leather and it's it's not fitting that like quote unquote like clean girl it's not a white white kitchen you don't get like a white you know the restoration Mm -hmm. hardware couch not like light and airy it's very different yeah Yeah. and like we have carpet and things Mm -hmm. like that so it's very different than you know a very minimalistic and light trendy house aesthetic and so I've seen a lot of um Hispanic creators they're posting like I want to be you know a clean girl aesthetic but like I still live with my parents and like this is the type of house that I have and I've seen oh. so many comments of people being like, no, because I relate to you because mm-hmm. I'm going through the same thing. I would much rather follow somebody like you because it's relatable. I'm going through the same thing. Right. And yeah, I mean, if you see somebody doing their like skincare and if they have over yellow head lighting, yeah, they're going to be like, oh, me too. I want to <laughs> follow you. Yeah, exactly. So I do think yeah. we're, we're leaning more towards that instead of that like idealistic type of influencer mm-hmm. no so no. that's good it makes me feel yeah good. <laughs> and that's a really good point too because sometimes you just can't help the way you're like oh like you know you're like living situation or whatever like it has nothing to do yeah. with mm-hmm. your value as a creator or like what content you're putting out but it makes it harder to set mm-hmm. the scene for yeah. this life that you have or you at least want to have for yourself and yeah I think it's actually really refreshing when I see even as a brand owner, like I get really insecure because I'm like, we don't have like the biggest, we don't have like the most aesthetic office space because it's there to just work. 
you know, it's there to get the job done. But then we have, I see brands that have like a whole giant office or they have like San Francisco is expensive. It's not, I can't just have a whole apartment type as an office. So it's tough because I feel like a lot of times I don't feel like I can film the content that I want to film or just have like a cool office vibe and make it look professional. I think that's what it comes like the professionalness. And then I, but then I see follow, like I follow a few brand owners who are like have big companies, like bigger than ours. And they're just filming in their bedroom or in their like shop bathroom. And it's so casual. And it's actually really refreshing to see that it doesn't actually equate to like their value as a brand owner or their legitimacy as a CEO of like what their house looks like or what their bathroom looks like, or if they have everything in like cute little organized shelves in their bathroom. So I think there's like, I hope we're like continuing to move away from that. Like you said, that expectation of everyone to have their life together. Mm -hmm. Well, let this be your little motivation to record in your office. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, I've been trying to do more like this. That was also another goal of mine this year was like to be in front of the camera more because Mm -hmm. I just am so, I'm not camera shy, but I just sometimes feel like I don't know what to say or how people like take what I'm putting out there or if it's even helpful. But I do think like just being authentic, that's what people want to see. And um, whether you're a creator or a brand owner, I think people just want to see that the real people are behind the brands Mm -hmm. and content that they love to consume. I know I've known you for four years on Instagram. And I think this is my first time hearing you talk. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm literally never on stories. Like for someone who's so active with like, when I post stories, like I'm talking voice, like I'm not saying like, we're like, I'm not, I'm speaking as if I'm Tara, but I'm not ever in front of the camera. And we started doing something that's like try on Tuesday, um, which I think is like, you know, that's like our first me, my first time being on camera. Uh, and I think that's like my little intro into like my yeah. stepping stones into yeah. getting to be more comfortable, but I think it just takes time because yeah. you just, you don't want people to feel like you're, they're going to buy your product or not buy it because of a perception they have of you, which mm-hmm. shouldn't matter when it comes down yeah. to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it just goes with your whole goal is about being genuine and all that mm-hmm. so if you film yeah. in your like non-aesthetic office space I think that kind of aligns really well and yeah. with the type of people you want to know about Beats by Tar in the first place totally so I feel like as a consumer myself I feel like oh how cute yeah <laughs> and it would make yeah. me be more like interested in yeah, your yeah. story and not so much about like the product anymore obviously like that's great but about your story and who you right. are as a person because for example um Haley from passion footwear yeah she's the one that I was talking about yeah like, I love her referring to, like she's yeah. in her like in her house and it's just so casual and I love it yeah and she filmed like when she was moving and I've I've known her for a little bit too she was my first brand collab actually and I ended up becoming oh, friends with somebody who's best friends with her so it was just like kind of weird yeah so yeah. I've like kind of became Instagram friends with her for the past couple of years now and she barely started TikTok, I think, last year. And I think she has over like 500,000 followers. Oh, wow. She's and it's so just, fun to watch. She's so yeah, fun she's to watch. She's so fun because she just talks on her stories. Yeah. On, sorry, on her Instagram videos. Mm. Sorry, TikTok videos. Really too <laughs> many platforms. TikTok videos. And she's just filming like on the floor in her room. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. somebody will comment, um, you know, passion footwear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wore them as my wedding shoe, but yeah, but, um, like people will be like, they wanted to wear some of these convertible heels to the era's tour. 
and they'll be like, I want this to represent like reputation mm-hmm. or 1989. And so right. she'll like bedazzle them on her, in, on her Ooh. TikTok video. And she'll be like, say less. And she makes it herself. And oh, she's wow. like, look how cute. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like her customers are feeling like they're contributing. Yeah. Which is amazing. But yeah. yeah. And so that's goes to the point with what we were saying is people want to feel like they're contributing and they're a part of, they have a voice. You're right. A hundred percent. Like she is someone who I connected through her, through a friend of mine who went to school with her. And mm-hmm. so in like a similar way, like I didn't really know about her brand, but the brand itself, if you were to like take her out of it, you're like, wow, this is such an incredible yeah. concept. Like you're like, this is insane. And then you see her sitting in her bedroom, like flipping it, like taking the convertible heels off and switching yeah. it. It's like so, so casual. And it's yeah. just her with like a ring light. And that she's specifically the person I was referring to where like, I see her who has like, very reputable genuine like just patents in place all that and I look up to her so much but then she's and has a whole team of employees but then she's just so real like real and authentic and that doesn't take away from the product she's creating so I feel like that has solidified like it's a little hard with jewelry to be like doing the same thing as like what she like there's only so many different styles of jewelry people care to see and all that but just being more personal I think she's shown me that it doesn't take away from the authenticity or, or it doesn't take away from the validity of the brand itself. Yeah. I think people like seeing like, Oh, it's just a regular girl yeah. in the floor of her apartment selling, you know, making her dreams come true. I want to, yeah. I want to help support. So really cool product. that was easier to, to look at someone else and think those yeah. things than to necessarily think that about yourself, especially yeah. like when someone creates something so unique, like she has, it is, so inspiring because it's like an invention you know whereas in my mind sometimes I get like a little bit in my head about well I didn't invent jewelry I didn't invent like dainty I didn't invent this metal but I think it's about that you buy like so many of the same things from different brands but how does that brand make it unique how is the experience of buying it and shopping from them more unique than from a different brand I think that's what I'm trying to focus on this year is making sure that people know that when they're buying from us they're buying from a small own brand woman owned and we like donate money to charities every year and so there's so many things that make us unique and it has nothing to do with the jewelry itself and that's just like the cherry on top to have good quality jewelry no yeah yeah. and then same with us like when we started our podcast we're like there's so many best friends who started a podcast too like what makes us different and we're like well we go through a lot of just struggles as being in your 20s yeah um, and San Diego being named the most expensive city mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah, we're on top. Like we're, you know, we we have creative backgrounds and like we know what we want to do with our lives. And it's just the reality of things and society just makes it hard. So we're like, we're not the only ones going through this. Yeah. And we want people yeah. to feel like they're just on FaceTime mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. And just there's just so many things that people don't talk about on social media. And so we're totally. like, we want to do that with yeah. our that was like exactly. our whole branding idea and so by the time this goes up um our last episode is about people pleasing Uh, and how we're uh, like yes (laughs) that we're like in recovery from people pleasing yeah because no it's just like you compare yourself and then you're like well why should I do this and it's Mm -hmm. like well because we believe in it yeah and we're not the only ones going through stuff like this and it's like you just uh, comparing comparing yourself to somebody else is just so I wish it didn't exist I wish that's yeah. not something that we did because yeah like for what mm-hmm. but yeah like 
I don't know, talking to you right now, it just kind of inspired me also just to be like, who cares? Like, yes, we love what we do. We believe in it. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like that's what matters and it's going to pay off. Like somebody's going to see. Right. Totally. I mean, people have seen that with you. People have seen that with us. Yeah. We've hit um, a good amount of downloads now. So I'm like, we will be fine. Yeah. (laughs) We're on our way. And the thing is like, there's, if you were to sit here and be like, there's someone's already done it or someone's already had a podcast or a brand that's like you setting yourself up to fail because if everyone had that thought we wouldn't have all these innovative companies and even if you're not innovative like I don't think I'm innovative but I think I have a brand that people like I have no background in sales marketing any of that from college I just did something that I'm passionate about and I think people see it and I think it's worked out well for me and I think being true to yourself like we talked about this whole time and doing what feels right to you is what is going to make you successful not having the degree necessarily or having the following to begin with, like I think about call her daddy, how like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Cooper, like just insane. Like I don't think anyone when they started thought that they would be where they're at, where she's at now, especially. And it's just yeah. when you just do something and do it your way, you're gonna find some people that are gonna find it refreshing. And I think you just naturally grow that way. Totally. Well, I hope we see more of you on the BBT yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Do you want to plug your Instagram, by the way, and like your website and all that? Yes. So our Instagram is at Beads by Tara. And then our website is also beadsbytara.com. Same with most of our socials. We're not really active on TikTok, but it's, we need to be, but it's also Beads by Tara. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you guys for having me on. This is so fun. Yay. Also, so sorry for all the times I said beats by Tara. Oh, it's oh everyone. Gosh. everyone <laughs> no, everyone does. I don't like, how would you know? Because I'm not on stories telling people how to pronounce it. That's also that's why like, you need to go on stories. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the biggest reason I need to go on stories is like telling yeah. people how to pronounce the name. But even in my personal life, people get it wrong all the time. So it's, <laughs> it's not a big deal. I rem- it's because there's this influencer or youtuber that I've been following for like, I don't know, 10 years or something. Yeah. And she goes by Tara. And Tara I had just never heard. Tara yeah, Michelle, Tara yeah. Michelle. Yeah, 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 I know it's, it's more commonly at Tara is yeah. the common pronunciation, so I don't get offended at all. <laughs> but yeah, was, whenever people say it right, like they'll post on stories and they'll say it correctly, I'm like, okay, major brownie points because I yes. was, I was <laughs> but the fact that you did is like you get extra brownie points for that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I remember the first time you were like, "Hey, babe, like love ya," because I had posted about you so many times. You were like, "Love ya," but it's actually Tara. And I was like, "How?" No, I'm sorry. I'm always so like I get so nervous. So I'm like, I don't want to like offend someone or make them like no. embarrassed. Yeah. It's such a common thing to mistake. So I'm like, just feel like I'm just gonna let you know so that yeah. moving no. forward. <laughs> No, I'm so glad. And like, before we were like prepping for this episode too, I was like, Alexis, it's Tara, Tara. And she's like, Tara, Tara, Tara. It's okay. You guys got it perfectly. Yes. Oh my God. Well, I'm very glad that we finally got to meet like officially oh, yeah. chat with each other and see what you look like you're giving Haley Haley Bieber vibes oh my yeah. gosh you are Love the baseball cap. <laughs> and hopefully this episode can like inspire somebody to start their own business and one thing I think a lot of people talk about is like oh you have to have so much money to start mm-hmm. a business yeah. but like you're proof that you can grow organically too yeah. so hopefully this inspires somebody to start their own yeah. business thank you yeah you can do anything that you said you delulu delulu live in a delulu. Delulu. Oh my God, that's, that's the way to do it by that i <laughs> love being delusional it's the best this is us well thank you guys for having me on it was so nice yeah. to meet you see i told you guys you'd like this episode <laughs> i know you guys listened till the end 
We're like, told you so. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we were right. <laughs> um, not us getting sassy. I know. <laughs> not us getting comfortable with the mic. I know. <laughs> but we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was honestly so much fun to have a guest. I love yapping with you. <laughs> But you're getting booted. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're replacing me for Tara. Yes. <laughs> as soon as we ended the call, she was like, oh, my God, I love her. She's really easy to talk to. And I said, watch it. You're like, hey, <laughs> I've known you for almost 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on our socials as well as Tara. Got to plug all of it. Yeah, we have all of that linked in the show notes. Yes. So I guess that's it for today. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.